Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbert. And I'm Devin Saylor. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, it's that time of year, I think. Mm -hmm. The weather has made it possible for people to produce maple sap, or should I say a syrup, collect the sap and make the syrup. So uh, we wanted to dedicate this show to talking about syrup and uh, the process of collecting sap, um, the trees to do it, and tools and weather, all that good stuff. So I think we're going to cover the whole gamut of what goes into making syrup and the process of collecting sap. So mm-hmm. uh, let's get started. So what did you find? I guess we'll talk about maybe the process first, mm-hmm. what kind of weather it takes. So the season is typically this time of year, about February, March-ish time. Um, you need some you need some freezing nights and the warm, sunny days um, to get the sap flowing in the tree. Uh, season, once it starts, it's usually only about Anywhere from four to eight weeks long, I found. So depending on the area and how the weather goes, so it might be shorter, might be longer. You're talking specifically about maple, maple yes. at this point, because we'll actually get into some other trees that can be tapped as well. So okay, I did find that your trees should be at least 12 inches in diameter to ensure good maturity of the tree and get enough sap coming out. And then if you're looking to do multiple taps in one tree, I kind of found some different sizes on that. So if you're only planning on to do one tap, you only need about a 12 to 20 inch diameter tree. For two taps, 21 to 27 inches in diameter, and then anything greater than 27 inches, you can put three taps into. Okay. So, yeah, you can get some good syrup moving if you can get some Yeah. more than one tap going. Great, yeah. Um, and then I found that you want to tap roughly about three feet off the ground for easy yeah. collection. Yeah. So. Makes sense. Um, have you ever tried it before? I have not, okay. personally. Um, Keystone has that class, mm-hmm. and so you didn't take the class. I didn't, no. Okay. Yeah, that's where I learned how to do it. So um, prior to that, it was just kind of a mystery, and mm-hmm. you know, I saw uh, different farmers around the area and the, the lines that they run through mm-hmm. the woods and that type of stuff. But um, that's the first place that I experienced it, the whole mm-hmm. process from collecting it all the way down to the boiling process and everything in between yeah. even, even making candy okay which i do now yeah and i yeah, brought some in so. yeah it was really good yeah um so a little bit on just like the process of actually getting the sap um so if you they just said a note if you have tapped a tree in a previous season don't tap within six inches of the former hole i'm assuming it's just scarring wise and everything with the tree yeah, it, that's what I typically do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, yeah, like you said, all, all the way around that mm-hmm. hole. So Yeah. And then ideally you want to tap um, between either above a large root or right below a large branch because you're going to get the most flow in that area. So, And typically on the south side of the tree, I noted too. So. Okay. Yeah, I can go along with that because okay. I've tapped on the north side of trees before. And just doesn't produce like okay. south side. So the sun kind of hits it, warms it up, okay. gets it going a little quicker. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So when you're getting ready to put the tap in the tree, you want to have a drill, a drill hole in it. And depending on what size your spile is, which is your tap, 
is going to depend on what size drill bit you need. So either they're roughly about either 7 16 or 5 16 inch is what I found. And then you want to drill your hole about two to two and a half inches deep to make sure you're getting in the proper part of the tree. So a little like anatomy on a tree. If you start on the outside, you have your bark, which everybody knows. And then you get right behind the bark is the phloem, which is where you're going to get your sap from. So that's where you want to make sure you're getting into. And then you have your cambium, sapwood, and heartwood and pith behind that. So you don't want to get too deep in there. So you yeah. want to make sure you're just in the phloem where everything's in the flowing. Phloem. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then once you have your uh, tap hole drilled, you can go ahead and insert your spile and gently tap it into the tree. You don't want to hit it too hard. You'll cause the wood to split. Um, and if you did it right, the sap should start flowing immediately is what I found. Just at least a little bit of a drip. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So just to go a little bit further with that, um, you said like two and a half inches or mm-hmm. so. Uh, yeah. So I mark my drill bit mm-hmm. with tape yep. um, just so I know. And then um, the other thing I do is angle the drill bit yep. just a little bit. Um, so you're going to drill up into the tree. Yep. Leave it at a, like a, what, maybe a 30 degree angle or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. So, and that, that exactly what you just said, it, it'll start producing the sap right away. Mm-hmm. So, um, one more thing that I do is I'll take like a twig and I'll just kind of, after I drill the hole, I'll take like a, a broken twig and I'll run it up in there and get any kind of sawdust out. Okay. Um, and make sure that doesn't flow down to mm-hmm. the tube and plug up the tubing. So. Okay. I did find that you want um, any sawdust coming out to be like a lighter color. That'll mean like more of a healthy wood. Yeah. If you get a darker color, you probably don't want to go for that tree. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so with tapping the tree, there are two basic methods for collection. You can either hang a bucket right under the spout to collect, or some people run the lines. So I know a lot of people around here, if you just drive around some roads, you can definitely see the tubing going through the trees of the lines. So. Yeah. Um, technology has made it pretty mm-hmm. easy these days. Yeah. You don't have to carry the buckets all the time and, mm-hmm. um, yep, just run it to a, a bigger container or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I guess bulk takes are used mm-hmm. for the bigger scale operations. Um, so people get creative too. Mm-hmm. So. And you use a bucket method then? I do. Five gallon bucket that I bought at local hardware store. Okay. Um, and the same with the tubing. I bought that from Locks maybe the first time and okay. Amazon another time okay so you don't have to get too fancy with it then no the the supplies are readily available these mm-hmm. days so that's good yep um, so i did find like once you start collecting you'll get it's more of like a lighter or clear liquid that i found it'll taste like water just slightly sweet what yep. the sap tastes like and then once you've collected enough sap um depending on how much you want to make if you want to make a gallon you're going to need about roughly 40 gallons of sap to get down to the one gallon of syrup once you collect however much you want, it's time to start boiling. Um, they do note, be aware, like, try not to maybe boil in the house because there's going to be a lot of steam and a sticky mess left afterwards. So maybe try boiling outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a dedicated shed for it. <laughs> yeah. Sugar shack. Yes. Yeah. I, mine's the garage. Okay. So, yeah, I have a rig set up in there. Okay. Um, and then once it starts boiling, um, the sugar is going to concentrate and caramelize to the bottom, get that dark brown color everybody knows for their maple syrup, and the water's going to boil off, and 
it's gonna rise the boiling point a little bit from where water typically boils. I did find once it reaches about seven degrees above that, so about 219, then you're good to go, you're all done. Yep. And you have your maple syrup. Yeah. It's actually fairly simple. Yeah, it's not a hard process. Mm -hmm. um, and Native Americans discovered it, so um, they actually boiled it down to a sugary consistency, okay. and they, they traveled with the sugar, which makes sense, it's just hard mm -hmm. to find containers to yeah. put it in so yeah so they boiled it down and made a uh, maple sugar out of it so okay. and then carried that around so um which i've done as well and it's great for coffee and tea okay. adds a little little different flavor to it so awesome yeah um so we're talking about syrup and turns out there's like 27 they think different tappable species wow um so it goes beyond maple Mm -hmm. syrup so i'm going to cover some personal is actually tackles um some other types of maples yeah. so everybody knows the sugar maple is great for making maple syrup mm -hmm. but you actually can tap some others as well other than sugar maple you can tap red maple uh silver maple norway maple box elder so those are some that you can kind of find around here, and that's why I covered those. Yeah, so you don't have to be necessarily as specific finding a sugar maple out if you don't know the exact identifiers. Right. There's not going to be as much sugar content in something like a red maple, mm -hmm. um, and they're going to bud a little bit earlier mm -hmm. and bloom a little bit earlier, so that season is narrowed down a little bit. Um, so I've tapped some red maples okay. just because they're available in my backyard. I've always waited until there's like cold weather so you can take the ice off the top of the sap. Okay. Um, so that already kind of narrows down mm -hmm. um, all that boiling process. Mm -hmm. um, so there is other trees that can be tapped though. So we want to cover those. And we were talking before the show and you said, I think birch mm -hmm. might be able to be tapped. And that that's true. Okay. Um, so a lot of people do that, especially over in Norway and Sweden. Okay. So the thing about that is actually takes a lot more sap. Mm -hmm. uh, so 110 gallons of cooked down sap to make one single gallon of wow. birch syrup. So That's a, lot. a lot of time and effort. They do require daytime temperature in the 40s and 50s. They produce in April rather than like uh, end of January through March. Okay. So a little bit of different time frame. And um, you're looking at four hundred dollars per gallon wow on average so pretty pricey stuff yeah. i guess all that time goes into it though yeah and that's that's probably why it costs so much around here you can tap your paper birch yellow birch river birch and um gray birch okay so um some other trees that i at least found references of being able to tap so there's the alder and that's in the birch family um it's actually the allness so the genus is allness mm -hmm. um, they mention at least from what i read it might be a little on the spicy side okay um so if you like a spicy pancake i guess <laughs> i don't know uh and then they mentioned so there's actually some nut trees that you can tap okay. um the juggling species and that would be um your like butternut black walnut english walnut those okay. um so the nut trees are some of the last trees that actually break bud in the spring. So they'll keep producing sap uh, long after the maples have finished. Okay. And they kind of, they're equivalent to the, to the maples. So you can produce um, 
you take the uh, 40 gallons of sap and make one gallon of syrup out okay. of those. So um, another tree they mentioned is the American sycamore. You can find those along stream banks, river banks, that type of thing. Okay. So that's Platinus occidentalis. Okay. I know like their leaves get mixed up for maples a lot too, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I think they look like a big leaf maple. Mm-hmm. So um, the other problem, kind of like uh, the alder, and some of the other ones, it does take a lot more sap, so okay. roughly 130 gallons oh, to wow. one gallon. They do produce a butterscotch flavor, though. Oh. So that'd be a, I don't know, I'd be interested in trying that one. Yeah. Ironwood trees, they mentioned. So hot really? hornbeam, yeah. Um, Got lots of those around. Yeah, and they're kind of like, a lot of people think they're junk species, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I know. I think my uncle used to make some walking sticks out of okay. them. So it's good for, for that. posts for right. horses. So. Yep. Makes sense. But uh, two gallons of sap boiled down equals about a half a cup of finished syrup. Okay. That's the only ratio I found. That one is said to taste a little bit like maple walnut ice cream. Interesting. So you say, mm, that sounds good. But there's other references that say it's quite bitter. has a slight tannin taste. Okay. So it'd be better mixed into something rather than use on your pancakes. So, okay. um, shagbark hickory. This one's a little bit harder to find info on. The one thing I did find is a lot of people actually made like a syrup out of the bark. Okay. Um, so rather than tapping it, they would soak the bark and boil that, hmm. add cane sugar, and you would get that smoky flavor. Okay. So that's technically not tapping it, but I, I just want to highlight it. Yeah. More like a simple syrup kind of deal. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, and I also want to make mention of three trees not to tap. Okay. Um, so don't tap the staghorn sumac. Okay. Um, they say there's possible allergic reactions. That makes sense. Um, so don't do that one. Black locust. All parts are poisonous. Ooh. Um, so, you know, like every part of the tree seems to be poisonous to somebody. So... Good sap included. Yeah. Yep. Don't have it. Buckthorn, that's not native, but it's still found in Pennsylvania. So um, don't tap that one. They say it's, uh, it causes skin irritation. So if you think skin irritation, probably throat irritation too. Yeah. So um, yeah, just don't tap those. Okay. I thought all in all, pretty interesting. Yeah. Most deciduous trees they mentioned, you could mm-hmm. try tapping. If you're just into the hobby of tapping trees. Should be able to find one in your yard somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, um, provides a different perspective, I think, because mm-hmm. when people hear syrups, they always think of maple. Mm-hmm. But for sure, you can make other stuff, you know, out of other trees. Yeah, that's so, pretty cool. Yep. Okay, so maybe tie this into our trivia from last week a little bit. I did kind of mention the answer from our question last week, which was... How many gallons of sap to make one gallon of maple syrup? That's 40 gallons. It's a conversion. Yeah. Gave you some other conversions from different trees, too. Um, This week, we're going to throw another question at you. Um, Where in the world is the largest maple syrup producer? Yeah, you threw this question at me before we started the show. And I I wanted to go with a certain answer, but I'm like, eh, I think it's another another place instead. And I got it right. Yeah. I think it might shock um, some people. Yeah. All right, so we have a couple of events, too. Yep. And they tie in well with the show. Yep. So I have over at Salt Springs State Park, they did end up moving their Make Your Own Maple Syrup 
event. So it will be this Saturday, March 11th from 1 to 4 p.m. And their little blurb here is, did you know that locally available supplies that cost less than $50 and tools almost surely already in your kitchen can easily make you your own year supply of maple syrup? So we talked about that, how easily you can get the supplies for it. You can join them at Salt Springs to learn how to identify and gather sap from sugar maple trees. Jim Hayes will be there to guide you through all the steps of cooking it down and making maple syrup in your own kitchen. And they'll have samples of the product throughout the different steps of the process. They did say bring some winter gear because you will be out in the woods tapping trees and gathering the sap. The fee is $5 a person, but if you're a member of the Friends of Salt Spring State Park or children, it's free. So that's March 11th from 1 to 4 p.m. Okay. And um, Box Maple, which is in okay. Springville. Yep. Have you ever been there? I've never been there, but I've had their stuff. So. Okay. Yep. So if you want to check out a larger scale operation, they have an open house. It's one day only this year, Saturday, March 18th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, and they mentioned that they're going to provide free tours. There'll be some vendors and demonstrations. And, of course, all the stuff that you can buy right there at the store. Everything from syrups to candy to mm-hmm. maple supplies. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. Yeah. And there's also a breakfast going on at Springville Methodist Church. And they're going to be serving lox maple syrup. So, awesome. Yeah. Um, if you have any questions, they mentioned you can call their phone number, 570 570- Nine six five two six seven nine. Okay. So, maple season is upon us. Yes. Or should I say, syrup season? There you go. Yeah. All right. I guess that does it for today's show. If you have any questions related to our show, you can contact the conservation district by calling five seven zero seven eight two two one zero five. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You've been listening to Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Devin Saylor. I'm Don Hibbert saying enjoy the outdoors!